Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Goodness gracious. Well, hope you had a wonderful week. We're going we're gonna to jump in and, and uh, get moving here. Um, for those of you that maybe haven't been with us or, or were not able to be with us last week, um, let me kind of give you a rundown of what's happening. Uh, last week, we began to, uh, we talked about what I felt was the mission for our church here. Um, and uh, our mission is basically helping people discover and grow in Jesus. And uh, that's our mission. That's who we are. That's what we uh, focus in on in, in every way, shape, and form. Um, but for the next four weeks, uh, for February, basically, we're going to get into culture. I, I like studying culture. I like different cultures. I like um, understanding different cultures. If you don't understand the culture of a place that you're at, you're probably going to not understand why people do what they do. And so what we're going to be doing for the next four weeks, we're going to cover two of these a week, and um, we're going to really get into the culture of, of Broomfield Assembly and what I feel that the Lord wants us to be going forward. Uh, the, the series, I guess, if you want to call it a series, is basically called Cultivating Our Culture, and uh, basically that's where we're going to begin. Um, and again, just so you understand kind of what this is, these are going to be some things that are going to be um, cultural aspects or things that define us, if that makes sense. Uh, another word I like to use is traits. These are things that as people see us and see this place, we want them to feel and understand and know. Uh, now, now, you may say, well, after the end of this, it's March, and you go, well, well, he didn't cover one of the things that I think is important. I understand that. You probably aren't going to have all eight of these, and there's going to be eight of them, unless I, God speaks and we get another one. But there's going to be eight of us. You know, this is not necessarily an exclusive list, but it's something that we're going to work on together. It's going to be something that we cultivate. Um, I had a grandfather who loved gardening, and he had a big garden. And one of the things that he had to do every year if he wanted that garden to grow well is cultivate the soil. And so as we move into this, we're going to kind of look at kind of a scripture that we're going to use for the next four weeks as kind of our base text scripture, and then we're going to move into some of these things. So we're going to cover that, and then I'm going to give you a little bit of a better idea of what to expect moving forward. But basically, as we look into Genesis, the second chapter, verse number 15, we see this. It says, then the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. Now, something you have to understand about this is when God has created everything, everything is good. In fact, everything is very good. God takes man and puts him in the garden and puts him to work. And the work that he does is to begin to cultivate. He begins to work these things. Now, we have to understand, I like defining terms. And basically, we want to define what this means. Okay, so as we look at cultivating, as we understand cultivating, we're going to cover a couple of things. So when you think of this word, from this time going out, I want you to think about these things. Number one, we will work at it. These are things that we have to work at. You don't just look at soil and go, cultivation. You have to get your hands dirty. You got to get your knees dirty. Okay, you're going to probably, just so you know... You're going to get your back maybe is a little going to be sore because you're going to be bending down, okay? This is going to be work. It's not something that you just say cultivate and magically it happens. It's something that we will work at. It is something that we will give special attention to, okay? These are things that we will look at and these are things that we will see how we are doing. These are things that we are going to go, how are we doing in these areas? 
So it's going to be things that we give a special attention to. It doesn't mean that nothing else we will give attention to. It just means these are the things that we are really going to want to focus in on. The final thing is we will encourage and foster it to grow. We are going to do things not just in word but in deed to actually cultivate these ideas and these cultures to make them who we are and a part of who we are. You will probably get sick of these. You will probably get sick of me here talking about them. And when you finally get sick of hearing me talk about them, I will do something absolutely incredible. I will talk about them some more. So just so we're all understanding, just so we all got it, so we're moving forward together. Now, before we move into these, I kind of did this a different way. Now, I grew up, and again, going back to my grandfather, um, he was a, uh, when I knew him, he, he raised cattle and had a huge garden and all these sort of things. But I don't know if you had grandparents like this. I don't know if you're like this. But I like these little sayings that, have, that are short but have a lot of wisdom and a lot of knowledge to them. Okay? My grandfather used to say things like, anything worth having is worth working for. You ever heard these sort of things? So because I got to write this, which was kind of really cool, I did it the way I wanted to do it. And so what I did was simply this. What we're going to do is, in the next couple weeks, is it'll do two a week, um, we're going to give you, or I'm going to give you, one of those sayings, okay? Uh, one of those little sayings, and then we'll talk about, as you look at your notes, if you don't have notes, that's what they're there for, to grab them as you come in and write some stuff down. But we'll, we'll, then, then we'll kind of give an idea of what we're actually cultivating. Okay, does everybody got that? Everybody makes sense? I know you're brilliant and smart, but I just want to kind of give you a roadmap of what we're looking at. So again, you get your little homey little saying if you like that. If you like it more blunt, you get that. And so we all got it together. So the first one, and now, now before I move into these, these are in no particular order, okay? These are not more important, less important. They're all important, okay? But I just started with these because that's what I wanted to do. So the next one is this. So the first one is, as family, we go. As family, we go and we cultivate relationships, okay? We cultivate relationships. Look at Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. It says this, Therefore, I, a prisoner of, for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you've been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in spirit, binding yourself together in peace. Now let's jump now to 31 and verse number 32 in Ephesians, again Ephesians 4. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, and I like when Paul does this, he doesn't say just what not to be, he says what to be. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted. Forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Also, we're going to jump now to Romans 14. In Romans chapter 14, verse number 19, it says this. Good. So then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Listen, you know, as I was doing this, this was a couple of weeks ago, or actually maybe more a month ago, it doesn't matter, and I was pondering these things, and I was writing these things, and if you don't know this, um, John and I have known each other for about 15 years, maybe a little bit longer. We've worked together um, for that long, and he is one of my dear, dear, dear friends, and an amazing man of God. 
And we were sitting there and we were talking about this. And I was like, man, I'm wanting to do these culture things. And, and, and I, I wanted to give here his wisdom. Because sometimes, you know what you can see is sometimes people will see things in you that you don't see in yourself. And, and so I talked to him and I said, John, you've known me. You've seen me. You've worked with me. What, 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 what matters to me? What, what's important do you think? And he just looked at me and he kind of took about three seconds to think of it. And he said, you know what I think I love about you is that when, I, when I'm with you, when I'm with your, your body of believers, whether it be your, the youth group back in Albuquerque or here, he said, the one thing that I always see is family. It's a family. And it's that way because it's supposed to be a family. Listen, the reason why I didn't say we just need to be family is be, and the reason why we said as family we go is this. If we are going with you, if I can't go with you, I don't want to go. I mean that. I can go by myself, but I don't want to. I want us to go together. Listen, I want us to be a family. Now, to some people, that word is a dirty word. Family is a dirty word because of the things that they have dealt with in their family. And I don't want you to allow maybe some negative experiences with your family to help, to to not let you understand what God's family is supposed to be. What God's family is supposed to be is not perfect. It's not that we don't have arguments. It's not that we don't have disagreements. It's that our love for each other oversees those things. Now think about your own family for a second. Think about how this works. You are connected with them no matter what. Now, you may say, I don't see them anymore. I don't have anything to do with them anymore. That's fine. But you are still family. You can't get away from it. You are by blood family. If only in Christianity there was something about a family being formed because of blood. Well, we'll think about that. Listen, listen. You are adopted in to God's family. That means, I'm glad you're all seated because this is pretty deep. That means that God is our father, we are his kids, and we are his family. That means that when someone looks at you and says, hello, sister so-and-so, or hey, brother so-and-so, they did that for a good reason. Now, I'm not saying that we need to do that, but it came about because they wanted to focus in on how important family was in the body of Christ. That means this, if we have a disagreement, if we don't like stuff, if things aren't going that way, we talk about it, we deal with it, we build that relationship, and we move on together as a family, we go. Listen, I'm going to be just honest with you. Not that you probably have not already experienced this. You're going to have moments and you're going to have times where you're not going to like what I do. I am completely okay with that. I am. Will I like it? No. Will I be okay with it? Yes. But I want, to, I want to challenge you on something. This place is going to be a family. This place moving forward will be a family. If you have something that you don't like, my office is always open. I will hear what you have to say. Now hear me out here. Just because you come and talk to me doesn't mean we're going to do what you think we need to do. Okay? And that's not to say that you're not wisdom. It, that's, listen, if we try to do everything everybody wanted to do, guess what we do? Nothing. Because we'd be so busy trying to do it. Listen, we're going to work on this together. 
But a family, a healthy family, talks about stuff. They don't hide it. They deal with things. And even if there's disagreements, even if there's things we don't understand, we love each other through it. Trust me on this. A healthy family doesn't run away from problems. And we're going to have problems. Do you really honestly think that the enemy is going to sit by and not have anything to do with what's happening here as far as trying to destroy it? Come on, guys. Let's, 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 let's just be real. You really think that there's not going to be some issues. You really think, I mean, this is, I know this isn't the case. You really think that I'm going to do everything right. You don't really think, you really don't think that I'm not going to stand up in front of you at times and go, guys, I messed up and I'm sorry. Because guess what? I'm going to mess up. And I'm going to probably mess up majorly. And I'm going to need your forgiveness. And you know what a family does? They forgive. They move forward. They don't hold it against them. We're going to go with a family. We're going to be a family. Because I truly believe with all of my heart that is how God designed the church. Okay? You need to understand something. Before God created the church, he created a family. The family was first. You want this place to be healthy? We want healthy families. Period. You want this place to then be even more healthy? We act like a family here and we go together. We have disagreements? Okay. That's okay. You know why? Because those families do. That's okay. We deal with it. We move on. We go together. We, we learn together. We experience together. We cry together. We have joyous moments together. But we do it together as a family. We love each other that way. I mean, do you really think that with my brother, I have a brother and two sisters, do you really think I've, I've agreed with everything they've ever done in their lives? Of course not. You think they've agreed with everything I've done in my life? Of course not. But you know what? I love them. Why? Because they're my family. Listen, you go, I don't have a family. You can have one here. You know people that don't have a family. They can have one here. Will it be perfect? Absolutely not. And that's what makes it glorious and exciting. There's a mess ups. I mean, you know what's really cool about a mess up? Check this out. What's really cool about a mess up, you can't have forgiveness and grace without a mess up. You can't. You can't let the power of God change things if there was nothing to be changed in the first place. And we're going as a family. We're going to love each other as a family. We're going to move forward as a family. And I'm serious. I want people when they walk in these doors that have no idea, go, wow, that, that pastor is weird or, or that's strange or whatever. But, but, but bottom line, those people love each other. And they're there for each other. And they care 
And it's more than just words. It's more than just something on the wall. It's actually something that they live out. And I truly believe the world is not looking for a great pastor. They're not looking for worship that is absolutely incredible, even though I think the worship team is just doing an amazing job. The pastor, eh. But, you know, they are looking for love. And to kind of go with the old song, they're looking in all the wrong places. And you know why they're looking in all the wrong places? Because the, the place that is supposed to be the right place is too worried arguing about nonsense to love each other. We're going to go as a family. We're going to forgive each other. We're going to love each other. We're going to care about each other. We're going to build each other up. And it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a beautiful, reckless mess. But it'll be our beautiful, reckless mess. And we're going to cultivate it. We're going to work on it. And it's going to be great. Next, number two, it's okay to not be okay. We're going to cultivate authenticity. Look at Ephesians 4. Look at Ephesians 4, 21 through 24. It says this, since you have heard about Jesus, you have learned the truth that comes from him. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Let's define this term, because sometimes authenticity is kind of a strange word. It means different things to different people. Well, this is what it's going to mean to us. An authentic person is one who is both privately and publicly putting off the old self, and by God's grace, putting on the renewed self. That's what authenticity is. It's basically allowing people to see your journey with Jesus. It's not putting on a fakeness. It's not putting on airs. It's not putting on a mask, and we'll talk about that in a second. It's about being real with each other. Because one thing I have learned is when I'm real with people, they tend to do something absolutely incredible. They, go, they say something like this. That's where I'm at. Or I experienced that. When we're fake and we're phony, we hide things that could change people's lives. We're going to be authentic. Listen, if you haven't got with the, the fact that I'm kind of one of those guys that's like, here everything is, blah, I, I can't, I don't know what to do. I mean, you're going to know if I'm okay, and you're going to know if I'm great, and you're probably going to know if things were a little rough this week. We, we like to talk about hypocrites in the church, or maybe this is the better way to say it. Um, a lot of other people like to talk about hypocrites in the church. Well, if you look at what that word means, and you go back to the original Greek, it's a compound noun, and it basically means two things. It basically is an understanding of this. It says, basically, it is means an interpreter from underneath. Okay? It means an interpreter for underneath. And that Greek word is the word that we actually get hypocrites from. And the reason why it's called that was because basically people on the stage in ancient Greece would actually wear a mask. And it was a large mask. And then they would act out the play from underneath the mask. And so they were basically called hypocrites. They were, they were people that were portraying one thing, but that's not who they really were. They were wearing a mask. It's where we get our word for hypocrite. Listen, I need you to understand something. You don't need to wear a mask when you walk into this place. Because I'm not wearing one. 
You don't have to. If you're not okay, that's okay. We talked about this a little bit last week. This place is supposed to be a hospital. Who goes to hospitals? Sick people. And you know what? Just so it's out there, there's going to be some times where I'm sick too. And I'm going to need somebody to minister to me too. But you get to be who you are here, warts and all. You say, that's scary. You know what? It is scary until we understand the first point. Because here's the thing. Emily will tell me this all the time. She, she likes to go home to Kansas City with me because when I'm home with my family, I'm different. You know why I'm different? Because it's a safe place. It's a safe place. And I can receive my healing in my safe place. I can sit down and take a drive with my dad and say, Dad, I don't understand why this is happening. Dad, I don't understand. And there's not judgment. There's not, how could you? There's not, well, that was stupid, Aaron. There's love and there's concern and there's healing. And there's, there's Aaron, what can I do to help? I want you to stop and I want you to imagine a place like that. A place where you can come in with all your stuff. And somebody says this. Check this out. Life-changing. All over the place. You walk in and somebody says, how was your week? And you can say, you know what? It was pretty cruddy. Really? What happened? Oh, just this happened and that happened. And, 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 and we don't hear this. I'm... I'm <clears throat> How was your week? Well, really, it was horrible. It was terrible. The kids blew up and the house blew up and everything was blah, 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 blah. How was your week? Oh, awesome. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> Come on, guys. We, we, we get to be a family. You know what I've learned? When we're not honest with where we're at, it's really hard to get healing. I, I have never been to an AA meeting, okay? I've just heard about them on television, but I think, at least the ones I've seen on TV, I think, and if I'm wrong, just, you know, go with it, I think they start off by saying, hi, my name is Aaron, and I'm an alcoholic. Well, why do they do that? Because they have to acknowledge there's a need. I think one of the, the horrible things about the church is we have forgot to understand that we are a needy people, we need God. I had a conversation with somebody once and said, I don't like Christianity. Why don't you like Christianity? Because it's a crutch. And I'm like, yes, it is. You nailed it. Scared him half to death. It was awesome. I was like, yes, you're right. And he goes, well, I don't like that. I said, what are you, crazy? You're broken. You can't walk. You can't run. You need a crutch. I mean, that would be like, I just shattered my entire right leg. What are you going to do about it? Walk on it. No. It's broken. Sin broke us. We are being fixed. 
But sometimes within this journey that we talked about, authenticity is understanding I still need a crutch. I'm still growing. I'm still moving. I'm still doing that. It's privately and publicly taking the old self, putting him aside, and putting on the new self. And guess what? We're all there, so we might as well just be real with each other. Sometimes our weeks aren't going to be good. Sometimes the enemy's going to hit like a freight train, and it's going to knock us over. And in those moments, we need each other. That's why God made the church, so we could be here for each other. Listen, God in the beginning... When it was Adam and God said, oh, this isn't good. The first thing God says isn't good is that man is alone. Now, if you think that just has to do with marriage, you're crazy. We are beings that need each other. So let's be here for each other. Listen, I don't want this place to be a place where basically you go, hey, when was the last time you saw anybody from church? Last Sunday. No, we get to be a part of this. As a family, we go. And we can be authentic. We can be real. We can share those things. Now, here's the thing. We don't live there. We don't set up addresses at those places. But at the same time, we go to each other. We pray through things. We move through things so that we can get healing. We're not authentic, so we have a pity party. Does everybody understand that? We're authentic because we acknowledge the fact that we need our Savior and we need each other to get to where God wants us to go. Listen, if you've been a play actor walking into this place, will you please do me a favor, take your mask, throw it on the ground, destroy it? Because you know what? I'll just be me and I'll just speak for me. I love you. I don't love who you pretend to be. I love you. Why? Because you're my family. You're a part of me. You say, but Aaron, that's scary. You, you bet it's scary. Absolutely. But you know what I found? The scary things sometimes are the greatest, most exhilarating things. Why is it scary? Because the enemy doesn't want you to do it. Because he knows how that changes things. He knows how a body of believers, when they're real with each other, things actually take place. Healings can actually happen because we're open and saying, here's my stuff. You know why that's good? Because that's what God asks us to do with him. We don't have to fake it with God. We can say, God, here's all my mess. And God says, okay, I love you. I forgive you. And all the mess, gone. One of the coolest things about this place, one of the things that I've been praying into for so long, that I've talked to Emily about and, and John about and others, is to have an ability to forge a culture that I truly believe is what God wants. I'm so excited about that. I, I'm so, like, about that. Because I truly believe with all my heart that this is what God has for us. And I truly believe when we do what God has, things happen. Awesome things happen.
lives are transformed. Basically, people discover Jesus and grow in him. It's all going to go back to that. Why is this important? Because it's going to foster that. It's going to foster people knowing Jesus. It's going to foster people growing in him. There's an intimacy there. And when we're intimate with God and intimate with each other, cool things happen. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to be sick. It's okay to be on your journey. Because here's the bottom line. No one is home yet. Our journey isn't done. And if our journey isn't done, that means there's still traveling that has to take place. And you know what? There may be times when your car has a flat tire. And in that moment, what's going to be so beautiful, follow me on this, is we're all traveling together. And somebody has a flat tire. And because we're family, we don't go, oh, well, that's too bad, and go off. One of the shows I like to watch was Top Gear. Now it's, now it's Grand Tour. And they would have those cars. If you don't know, it's a car show. And they would go on these long, amazing journeys in these cars. And you knew these cars were like not what you would do a long, amazing journey in. And so they're going. And then basically someone's wheel would literally, literally fall off the car. And it was always so funny because you knew what would happen. The two that did not have the problem would go, oh, hmm, oh, that's too bad. Mm. And then the next thing you see, they're in their cars driving off. And they leave the one guy, and he's like, I have no wheel, you know. And amazingly, because it's a television show, somehow, the next scene, the wheel was back on, you know. Listen, we're not going to be like that. When you have a flat tire, we're going to get our hands dirty, we're going to get down on the ground with you, and we're going to fix your tire. And then we're going to keep going. And you say, well, I don't want to fix the tire. I'm, I, I got places to go and things to do. Hey, listen, your tire's going to break too one of these days. And you're sure going to want people to stop with you. When I was a kid, I did Royal Rangers. I was a horrible Royal Ranger. Horrible. But I remember one thing that we learned was the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. We're going to be there for each other. We're going to love each other. But you know what? One of the silliest things that we could do as a people and as a community and as a family is to have our wheels sitting on the ground, have somebody say, I I can I help you? Oh, no, I'm fine. Okay, let me help you with something. Lying about where you're at is not a sign of holiness. It's a sign of lying. Okay? Holiness is not basically acting like everything's okay when everything isn't. I would dare say maturity is being somewhat like the guy that wrote most of the New Testament who said, if there's anybody that's a sinner, it's me. Yet by God's grace, look what we have done. I want to be that way. I want to be that type of church. I want that to be in our culture where it's okay to not be okay. If the worship team would come back up, we're going to close. So for this week, this week, 
are two that we're focusing in on. As again, we have, we'll have um, six more. But are these things. As family, we go. And it's okay to not be okay. We will cultivate these things. We will work on these things. We will not be perfect in these things. But they will, in time, define who we are and what we are about. They will become part of our DNA. They will become part of what we do and why we do it. It will become something so annoying to you that it will be beautiful. Because it's that important. I feel that strongly. So what we're going to do right now, I just ask for you to just close your eyes. And we're just going to pray. And I felt like every Sunday as we go through these, as we conclude the service, what I feel like God is wanting us to do is to make some personal commitments. Not, not in a weird way, but in a way that says, yes, Lord, I want, I, I want to do my part in bringing this about. And, and listen, and, I, and I'm going to say this every week, and I mean it with as much love as I can. If you are not interested in being a family, if you are not interested with being able to not be okay, then this probably is not going to be the church for you. I'm just, I'm just flat out honest. I'll help you find another place. Because what I want is I want you to grow and I want you to become who God's wanting you to be. And if this isn't this place, I'm so cool with that because I care about you, not about you being here in a seat. I want you to grow whether you're at this church or another church. And if you can't grow here and if you cannot become who God has called you to be here, then that's okay. But moving forward, this is who we're going to be. We are going to work at it. We are going to focus on it. We are going to give it special attention. We are going to cultivate that soil. And I need you on board. We need to be unified, moving in a direction. We will go where God wants us to go when we're all paddling the same way. So I'm going to pray, and as I do, I would ask that if this is what you want, that you would ask God to help you be a part of bringing this culture into place. Father, we love you. Father, we need you. Father, you are good, and you are great, and you are mighty, and you are strong. You are loving, and we love you. And Father, right now, Father, we as individuals, myself as an individual, not as, not as a pastor, not as a leader, but as someone who is a part of this body of believers, Father, I commit myself to doing all that I can to work as a family, to go as a family, to be a part of a family, to work through our differences and to love each other through them, even if we disagree, because our blood is stronger than our disagreements. The blood that binds us as a family because of Jesus, your sacrifice, is greater than our disagreements or our preferences. And we will be a family. We will love as a family. We will argue as a family. And we will go as a family. And Father, 
I pray that there would be a new release of freedom in this place when it comes to where we are at on our journey. All of us are putting off the old man and putting on the new man. And that's messy and that takes work and it's not perfect. And sometimes we're in a place where we need help, not just from you, but help and encouragement from each other. And Father, I pray that we would be open, we would be real, we would be authentic with where we are at in our journey. And Father, that we in turn, when people are open and honest with us, that Father, we will love them in those moments. We'll rejoice with those that are rejoicing. We'll mourn with those that are mourning. And we will be a safe place. A place where healing can take place because there's an acknowledgement of sometimes we're sick and sometimes we're broken. And it'll be a glorious, beautiful mess. Father, we commit, I commit myself to those things. Help me to be true to my word. I love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.